0: You can't trust this president to do the right thing, not for one minute, not for one election, not for the sake of our country. You just can't. He will not change, and you know it. History will not be kind to Donald Trump.
1: One day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be the war is won we will be sure we will be sure oh, oh glory
2: glory oh
3: glory glory this is our common ground with janice graham transforming truth to power one broadcast at a time
0: because the black lives matter movement emerged under a black president black attorney general and black homeland security and they couldn't deliver you see so that when you talk about the masses of black people the precious poor and working-class black people poor and working-class brown red yellow whatever color they're the ones who are left out and they feel so thoroughly powerless helpless, hopeless, then you get rebellion. And we've reached the point now it's a choice between nonviolent revolution. And by revolution, what I mean is the democratic sharing of power, resources, wealth, and respect. If we don't get that kind of sharing, you're going to get more violent explosions.
2: America's chickens.
3: Coming home! Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
4: You're going to sing the swim, you're going to learn the truth. No matter what you do, you're going to learn the truth. Alternative Activist Empowerment talk Radio. Speaking truth to power and ourselves.
1: passes a three-strike law and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not
2: God bless America. God bless
3: our common ground with Janice Graham.
4: Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our common ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions and ideas.
5: I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you.
4: Talk, talk that matter, talk matter.
5: And good evening and welcome to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and we're so glad to have you with us tonight here in the Truth Sanctuary. Uh, Sometimes our truth is not always their truth, but we're sticking with our truth. We appreciate you joining us tonight, and if you would like to listen on a smart device, our number is 347-838-9852. And if you would like to call in when we begin to take our callers, um, we do want to, as we come into this broadcast tonight, um, to remind you that the U.S. government has essentially surrendered the American people to the COVID 19 pandemic unfortunately and so we're we're out here trying to survive alone and you must be safe you must believe the science and you must believe that there at some point but we don't know where that point is that we are going to be able to be close with uh, the human beings that we want to be close with in our family and our friend circles, and we're going to be able to not have to wear masks. We're going to have to be able to not do the uh, social distancing. But for now, we are asking you to make sure that you remain safe, that on Friday, the one-day total for new COVID U.S. COVID-19 cases, new cases, 955,593. That's what was being reported on Friday. And that is more than China has reported since December. December, but, you know, we're not really, I don't know about China numbers, but they reported um, something unbelievable. So in a mere new cases on Friday, 24,000 in America, and 978,000 new deaths. Um, Stay safe, folks. Just stay safe because um, this administration has surrendered us to this pandemic. We also want to uh, say to you tonight that a big shout-out to India Declare of Real Raw Right Now, I Declare, who has laid down her microphone. Uh, she sent me an, a notice this afternoon indicating that she is walking away from her broad, her independent broadcast, and we're going to miss her voice. We're going to miss her input and her contributions after more than 12 or 13 years here on um The internet, and we thank her for her service to to our people uh, for that many years. Uh, And we're hoping that um, she is well in her new undertakings, and it will see much success. Tonight at our common ground, we're going to be our our topic uh, tonight is the great spending spree. Black political currency, as we go in three days before, uh, actually two days before the general election on November 3rd in the United States, where we will be selecting a president and and looking at candidacies of many people down ballot and some referendum items that are important to us. And, and what I want to focus on tonight is the whole idea that um, we've been waiting for this moment for a long time. However the election ends, whatever political capital that has been earned by you and your family and your ancestors and saved, we encourage you to spend it well. The election does give us an opportunity where we're able to push through uh, the intimidation, the suppression, and criminal corruption and work our political shopping list. So if you have not voted thus far, uh, we hope that you have given uh, some serious, serious consideration that you will vote wise, that you will vote in a reasoned manner, and you will vote uh, with understanding. Uh, Our political currency passes through many grifters and traitors and betrayers, people who have assumed that somehow they can claim dividends on our treasure. So my question is where our currency has been robbed, where, where the currency has been robbed, uh, what damage has been caused by that theft? Will it be Social Security? Will it be Medicare? Will it be the price of uh, health of 10 years of diabetes? Will it be the continuing of goofballing pandemic stuff? And some folks have been out there borrowing your political capital, and we're going to talk about that. And they are not willing, have not offered to pay you interest, nor pay the loan on that capital. Odds are, from them, when your package arrives, it will be terribly damaged. And I'm so pleased tonight that our dear Professor Brother, Dr. James Taylor, um, will be joining us uh, momentarily, uh, helping us to examine black political s- currency, the sufferers and the grifters and the black, the new black elites and disinformants who have already gone on a spending spree with our currency, um, and I want to particularly look at uh, what I believe is. Uh, are is are, are two things that's important to us, and Dr. Taylor is going to join us, and I'm sure he has some things on his list, and uh, one of what we face on the other side of November 3rd, Tuesday, General Election Day, uh, is chaos. We're going to... We're 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 hearing about projected violence, and I doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. But I'm particularly interested in the constitutional inversion that has occurred on the Supreme Court. So we're going to talk police reform, reparations, uh, police reform, court reform, all the ba- balls which are already in play and will probably go before a very, very biased and politicized court. You know him. He is Dr. James Taylor of the University of San Francisco, chair of the Department of Political Studies. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much, my brother, for joining us again.
6: Ms. Graham, it's so good to be back on. Thank you for having me. Well
5: I, I, I'm I was I'm very much looking forward because I think uh this particular broadcast is a very important one so that people can um go forward understanding that we on the other side of November third there are some things that we need to be prepared for. Uh the contest the, the contested uh, election, uh, the the same kind of sociopathy that we have seen from um, the GOP, the Republicans, and the President and his all his minions. So what are you thinking about as we go into Tuesday?
6: Well, there's, there's so much, and, and I appreciate everything you've uh, said on the lead-in. Um, I think in terms of Uh, The currency question, I think that, to me, speaks to political capital and how uh, black voters, uh, those who vote, because if you're black and don't vote, you're not a part of the conversation, but as black voters, uh, they should um, try to parlay uh, the vote into tangible policy outcomes at the local level, uh, uh, fighting for the federal government to fund states and counties and cities uh, in ways that will actually get to real people in communities that are service providers, frontline workers, uh, community-level uh, people who are doing uh, nonprofit work, who are doing, um, you know, the NGO work um, in, in black communities. And I'm talking about black folk because there's a lot of white folk doing this in San Francisco, for example, and they get uh, the lion's share of the millions every year of, of funds from the, city of san francisco to get funding to service black uh, community needs but not but it doesn't fund black organizations to do black needs uh to meet the black community's needs they fund white community organizations 501c3s here in san francisco doing the work around young people around homelessness around health around the environment but you have uh You know, they recently passed a $42 billion budget, and the black community um, got 2%. And then London Breed had to fight uh, to add $2 million uh, to small businesses, uh, and then uh, she – also redistributed $120 million from uh, SFPD in part because of two reports that I wrote that were a part of um, the black community's actual um, activism. I've been a part of Black San Francisco's response to everything going on um, and in about three different groups of black uh, organizations and people. And they used a report I wrote on uh, called um, the Slavery Disclosure Ordinance, which was about reparations mm-hmm. whenever the government finally came around to it. We were, I wrote it over a decade ago, and it was also called Violence in Our City. And these two reports were attached to some other reports that were established by black um, researchers and community leaders but going back 20 years to show San Francisco how it owed the black community real reparations, actual economics, around all of the issues affecting black people like jobs, education, h- housing, uh, homes, uh, equity loss. And things of that sort. That's why Evanston, Illinois, right now, has a reparations plan specifically around rep, around um, uh, how the the drug war specifically retarded African American development and economic parity with whites in Evanston, Evanston specifically. So, when Northwestern University is outside Chicago, the uh, black city councilwoman persuaded the city to look at the contemporary situation, not slavery, just now and the war on drugs, not even Jim Crow. Ta-Nehisi Coates is talking about Jim Crow. This is more current than that, a, a, another kind of reparations, a reparations around the war on drugs. And Evanston um, looked at property, looked at jobs, looked at education, looked at how being arrested affected black community members compared to whites. And so they have co- created, I think, a 10 to $20 million um, fund that will go only to uh, Evanston, Illinois' black community. So you and I can't move there and benefit. But if you're there and can demonstrate that, you can benefit from this plan. Um, it's not perfect, but they have that. And so we had... You know, tried to do something like that here in San Francisco and had it in place. So London Breed redistributed $120 million for two different grants, $60 million apiece that will go into the black community. So that's the result. That's, that's, that's capital. That's the outcome of the black community, only 3% in San Francisco. But it's very Mm -hmm. loud Mm -hmm. and it's still well positioned Mm -hmm. in the old Fillmore that they used to call the Harlem Harlem of the West. And a group of young people, um, you know, people under their 50s, have been organized and mobilized around, Mm -hmm. you know, since the George Floyd incident. But even before that, a lot of different people were doing anything. The George uh, Floyd um, moment sort of focused everybody to come together. It it brought black San Francisco together. So I'm just saying, I'm giving one city's example. I live in Oakland, Mm -hmm. but I work in San Francisco. And uh, uh, you can see tangible outcomes because of the black vote, because of black mobilizing after the vote. And that's the key, Mm -hmm. Ms. Graham, I think, here is black... All the talk of Ice Cube and and 50 and um, Lil Wayne and all of these people is that they're so profoundly ignorant about politics. Most black people don't know about politics apart from elections. Mm
5: -hmm. And we only think about elections, and and we do Mm -hmm. that once every four years. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And and, and I was going to interject as a a um, long-term government executive that you can't do politics without knowing how your government works. Right. You know, for instance, you're sitting and you're talking about CPD uh, funds and funds that come out of the Department of Commerce. And there are very few people who understand how those funds go into cities. And we're talking multi-million dollars. That's right. And, and, uh, and there's other
6: folk – I don't want to say white folk, but there's other folk because it's Asians and others too, Latinos too. They know the game, and they get into the city halls, at, hallways, and they work those hallways. They work the city right. uh, districts. They work their city council people. They let them know that they're there, that they represent a vote or a threat, and they, they therefore get their attention. The black community is only 3% in San Francisco, but it's very mm-hmm, powerful, mm-hmm. 3%, but, yeah, and yet yeah. – In District 5, which is the Black Fillmore District, is two white candidates that have been fighting uh, uh, for two election cycles now. Now they're having a rematch coming up in November because the woman uh, uh, who London Breed supported, Valley Brown, was already in place. And then uh, London Breed put her in place. Then she uh, lost to uh, this millionaire, radical, left radical, so a millionaire uh, socialist right? That's, that's San mm-hmm. Francisco politics. He's a millionaire like Bernie, yeah. but he's also mm-hmm. a socialist, mm-hmm. and he's actually a Bernie socialist, uh, this guy. So that whole fight uh, is happening in San Francisco. But again, talking about political capital, political currency, to me is parlaying your vote after you've demonstrated it. All of the talk about not voting is premature. You have to, you have to pay it first. You got to pay to get in, and then you have to then you have to work the room, but voting is just entry into the room to get in, yeah if yeah. you have enough influence with the vote, then you get around the table, then you can talk policy outcomes, and the problem with a lot of young people is they want to yell and shout and protest and march. But they don't want to do the concrete, and I'm not talking about those who are on the front lines organizing around these protests. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about those who are saying nothing's being done. How is that possible? How is half of the, half of the, half of the millions of black people have never read anything the Congressional Black Caucus has done, but they always criticize black politicians for doing nothing. And the Congressional Black Caucus is one of the best black political institutions that exists, period. It's an outstanding institution. And, and that's where you get Maxine Waters from. That's where you get Barbara Lee from. That's where you get Hakeem Jeffers from, Jefferson from. That's where you get Val Demings from. That's where you get Karen Bass from. That's where you get Al Green from. I mean, that's when you get all this outstanding black leadership that has demonstrated itself all along. Before the white Democrats came around, Maxine Waters, Al Green, Marsha Fudge charged, challenged uh, Nancy Pelosi. Black folk were, were trying to run this thing. Marsha Fudge. Tried to over, uh, that's challenge that's Nancy right. Pelosi for the gavel in 2018, and then AOC and the and the squad rose up against Nancy Pelosi, and then uh, AC uh, uh, Al Green went on the uh, on the House floor and called for impeachment. A year, a year before he got impeached and everybody thought he was radical and crazy, and then Maxine called for it, yeah. and others thought she was radical and crazy, and then eventually the whole political establishment outside of the Republicans came around to the black position as to where black folk were, right? So, 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 so I think the thing we have to learn to do uh, is, is appreciate the fact that we do have some mechanisms that are working. The CBC Mm -hmm. is one of the most representative black organizations in America for us. And instead of looking down on it, we might look at what it does. Ice Cube could not possibly have come up with his plan if he had read the CBC's um, plan, if he had read the CBC's uh, comprehensive plan around policing,
5: around the voting rights act. Ice Cube, I am sure, doesn't even know what CBC means. Right. Right. You know, or it, it, Lil Wayne, it, it, or 50 Cent, or,
6: or Kanye, and all these people from this genre of young brothers, they're not even so young anymore. They're closer to my age than they are to the young kids today that are the real hip-hop, you know, the, that are the the, the post-hip-hop generation. Now even nobody still calls themselves hip-hop, because they ain't even hip-hop no more. we at some point of post-hip-hop. But, but But whatever they are, these men have not been educated in black politics. They've not studied their own people's scholarship. So they need to shut up, because they have not even read Du Bois. They have not. They've read Malcolm, but they have not read serious. Po- Malcolm ain't no political scientist. Malcolm ain't Ronald Walters. Ronald Walters is the one that planned Jesse Jackson's strategies in 84 and 88. And it was, and it was Ronald again, Walters. Washington. That, right. Exactly, around Harold Washington, people like Bob Starks in Chicago um, uh, and Tim Black in Chicago. These are black political scientists. In fact, Tim Black is the, was the school teacher of both uh, Larry Hoover and, um, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, Fort. Um, Jeff Fort in in Chicago, the, the leaders of the L. Rookins and the gangster disciples, and he's 102 years old and still living and still active. Tim Black, he's the one that drafted Harold Washington, right? So, and so my right. point is, we, we've had some. Outf- we even have some new young left radical black folk like AOC or Rashida Tlaib. Who has the blackest district out of all four of the of the uh squad uh um you got a uh, um Ayanna Presley, right? Iyana. Iyana Presley uh-huh. right from boston mm-hmm. and and how can how can ice cube be looking at her and talk about ain't nobody doing nothing ain't nobody talking about nothing when when these yeah. sisters have been on on trump's lynch on trump's um lynch mob's uh short list because of their outspoken leadership, as soon as with Tlaib Talib came in representing Detroit, said impeach the MF. That was day one. So, so what, are they, no. what yeah. are they talking about? What are they talking about? What is IQ here, talking here about? Is
5: the, here's the deal that you know it, it's it's like it's like when you when you manage your money, you have to have a certain amount of financial literacy. When you manage your political currency, you have to have a certain amount of political literacy. And none of those people, you know, all these people, you know, I want to ask you this. I I just want, because I know a lot of people in the audience tonight are wondering, what the hell are these people talking about Uh, a, a, a successful strategy would be to not vote for president, but to vote. Down ballot, and I'm thinking to myself, I look at I look at a person like Ayanna Presley, who I am hoping that Charlie Baker will put in, if if Joe Biden is to uh, uh, pick uh, Elizabeth Warren up for the Treasury, that Ayanna Presley will will be um, named to her seat, appointed to her seat. But Ayana Presley learned politics at the knee of Edward Kennedy. Right. She worked for Edward Kennedy for from the time she came out of uh, undergraduate graduate school un, un, until his death, and she went into the Boston City Council. Right. So it, it's a it's a it's a matter of understanding. Political literacy And then you have to have government knowledge For instance the, the the funds that you're talking about That went into San Francisco And they go into every city and town In this country Community planning and development funds A, a $3 billion budget And the mayor gets The the city government gets the money, and they have to decide at the city level how that money is going to be distributed. And if you don't have political currency and capital with the mayor and all his minions or her minions, then you don't get to talk unless you know what the law is and what the government requires. And the government requires that the community come to a consensus with the local government about how those funds are spent. Right. That's basic. Right. So, and, and so see, I absolutely I absolutely agree with your 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 analysis of this new what I'm calling this new political this new elite because they're not political because most of them have already um, right. testified that they never voted before.
6: Right. They're celebrities. They're celebrities, and, and that's what I think they're mistaking. They're mistaking their celebrity for actual leadership credibility. And those are different things. Tamika Mallory. Tamika Mallory is somebody who has credibility as an organizer, as a young leader. Uh, she came up under Al Sharpton in uh, the National Action Network. Um, I'm no fan of Al Sharpton's, but I respect her a great deal. She's phenomenal, and she's yeah. out, you know she's a very powerful young woman. She was. She's the most, she she was she's the the most powerful leader. speaker I've heard since Malcolm X. I'm, I'm saying this woman to me is has the spirit of Ella Baker and Malcolm X and Fannie Lou Hamer and a few others all wrapped up in her little black body, and she is fierce. And so for Ice Cube uh, to be talking, when they watch two black members of the Congressional Black Caucus impeach Trump, the problem is they don't have a problem with Trump. That's their problem. They don't have a problem with Trump. Cube don't, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, I, and 50 don't, and Lil Wayne clearly don't. Uh, if they had a problem with Trump, uh, then they would be willing to um, to take a different position, but they don't have a problem with Trump, so they, they're they're comfortable with him, so they're willing to sort of both sides or do you know this whole notion of you know it it it, 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 it there's no difference in the two, but that's because they have not studied. If you look at the Congressional Black Caucus's pro, uh, plans um, and around uh, reviving the Voting Rights Act of John uh, in John Lewis's name that was taken in 2013 that they don't realize that was basically the reversal of the civil rights movement and they don't even realize that that's what happened right and 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 so they're and not even acknowledging that the black leadership in Congress is actually on the job. They have it on the mm-hmm. table. They got it passed in the House. If Trump loses on Tuesday, it will get passed in the next Congress, um, uh, assuming that the the you know that the Democrats can take the Senate, as it looks like they're going to do. So everything that black folk have been doing. Is, is well positioned to be revived if Biden uh, uh, crosses over the line as he's leading it right now um, all the way to the end. Um, all of the black agenda that the Congressional Black Caucus has had on the table that is substantial, and if you have not read it, be quiet, but it is substantial around every issue we, we, we all know of, jobs, housing, the very things that the Urban League um, does its annual report on, around health care, around life expectancy, around COVID, around the uh, income inequality, the racial uh, wealth gap, around education, around, you know, in businesses, investments, uh, you know, around social justice issues, and, and, then, and then voter suppression, right? Because that's what happened. That's why there's so much voter suppression going on around the country in Pennsylvania and in North Carolina and in other places, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, because the Republicans know the black vote is a very powerful force. It's the most powerful force in American electoral politics. And the only mm-hmm. people that don't seem to realize that is the ones talking about we shouldn't vote or how we should vote. When 90 million people ain't listening to Ice Cube or 50 or Little Wayne, they have already voted. 90 million, And the election is a a Tuesday, right? And we've seen lines of black people for three weeks now, for hours, so they're not trying to hear these rappers. And they're about to be taught that they are not black people's real leaders just because they have a platform and their audiences, more often than not, are white. And that's my problem with Ice Cube. I mean, not with Cube, but with uh, Lil Wayne. I ain't seen Lil Wayne in a room full of black people since he first started, since he was in Louisiana. He's so busy with so many white people, and he's now got blonde hair. You know, and he's on. You know, uh, them, them. You know, he's completely blonde. And um, and rarely do you see Little Wayne with a black with black people. But every other word out of his mouth is the N word in a room full of white people. And to me, that's quite a uh, zip coonish. Uh, I won't disrespect Uncle Tom because Uncle Tom was no sellout, and we need to fix that in our culture because Uncle Tom got killed not selling out. But zip coon is a Negro. We keep mis-, mis- Mis- mislabeling Uncle Tom. Zip Coon is the one that was always up in the white man's face, dancing, laughing, joking, shucking, jiving, being exaggerated, and the white man never respected him for all of his efforts. Uh, but you look up Zip Coon, and that's the one, and that's the performance we see. So to me, um, Tamika Mallory is somebody I respect. You know, if she got behind Trump, I would really be traumatized because I'd be like, oh, wait, how did that happen? Right? But yeah. you're talking about people mm-hmm. that you look at, the, you go back and listen to their music. All of them got Trump lyrics. All of them got Trump photos. All of them was Trump boys with, with Trump. It wasn't just Herschel Walker, it was half of these black celebrities, Jim Brown. we done seen Corinne uh, ba- uh, 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 Bailey uh, Ray destroy her career. We see um, um, uh, uh, Steve, Steve, um, What's his name? Steve um, Harvey uh, ruined his reputation. We saw the guy that called himself Trump's—that uh, uh, Trump called his uh, his, his African American apparently has been cut off by most of his people. So black people ain't playing. And, and, and how did Ice Cuban and Miss Val Demings impeaching Trump? And that's my point. They must, have had, they must have no problem with Trump because two black people as House managers for the first time in American history and in the history of American impeachment, one black person would have been a record. We had two black people having enough power in Congress uh, with Nancy Pelosi to end up as House impeachment managers who actually impeached Donald Trump. Right. But because they're so busy looking at other things, they're going to ignore that big thing right there. They're going to ignore that. And so um, to me, I think we should look more at people like Tamika Mallory, uh, who are on the front lines, like a uh, sister, uh, I think her name is Regina Brown, uh, down in Alabama with the uh, of the bus tour uh, for Black Voters uh, Matter uh, down there. Tasha uh, Brown. People, Tasha Brown.
5: Huh? Tasha Brown. Tasha Brown. Say, say that again? Tasha,
6: Tasha Brown. Yo, Thank you, thank you so much, Tasha Brown, mm-hmm. uh, and, and others, right, uh, that are doing frontline work. They're not talking, they're not theorizing, they're not philosophizing, you know, and then the immaturity of everything that, that Puffy, Puffy, on the 21st day before this election, two weeks ago, he said he's going to start a party called Our Black Political Party. That's just childish. It's <laughs> immature. I had it's childish. that one. Mm -hmm. It's so childish, it's hard to talk about because, one, why didn't you, if you're serious about a political party, why didn't you start it in 2016? Or 2012, right? 2012. Why didn't you start it in 2016, Puffy? You ain't new. You ain't young no more. You've been a millionaire. You got the ends. So why didn't Puffy start a party earlier, like let's say 20, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, 2016. And let's say Puffy so they have meetings all around America before covid right let's just assume covid hadn't happened yet but he had gotten started since 2016 up until covid and he'd been meeting all around America in arenas and in clubs and in places and, and on black radio, on, on black TV, on black, you know, media, um, you, know, you know, doing like Farrakhan did with the Million Man March. Uh, that's why Farrakhan was successful. Farrakhan did a tour of America, tour of black American communities, tours of black media, BET, and it took on a life of its own. And then the people responded. But Ice Cube and then Puffy, the childishness of their ideas are, their, their ideas aren't bad. But the the immaturity is, one, Puffy said, let's start a party 21 days before the ele- the election, when Black people mm-hmm. have already decided they've mobilized against this racist since the night they led the, the 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 popular vote that defeated Donald Trump by three million. The people who who led the, Donald Trump's popular de- vote defeat were Black women number one, and the number second vote getter uh, 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 vote is that. That night in 2016 were black American men over all other groups. So when people talk about black women are the heart uh, of the Democratic Party, the bigger story, quite frankly, is the fact that black men have outperformed white men, white women, Latinas, uh, Latinos, uh, uh, Asian men, Asian women, all Asian, all women's groups around voting for a woman. And, and, and yet, you know, if, if I say this in certain circles, it's sort of like, well, brother, we, we, we're not trying to hear that right now. We just want to talk about the sisters right now. And, and I've been told that. But I'm like, yeah, but the real political science moment, I mean, a uh, fact of that is black men are outperforming white women voting for a white woman. Black men in California, for example, in a survey done by UCLA were the number one supporters of Elizabeth Warren over all other groups in Cali. Right, so so there's something going on with black men, and that's the story that's not being told. Everybody's worrying about you know these the, the one idiot we all got in our family voting for Trump. How many of us got an idiot in our family that would vote for Trump? A lot of us, at least one, just some contrarian, difficult person that likes to be uh, uh, oppositional to the mainstream. Like they're really doing something, and they really are a caricature and a stereotype. Right? They, they actually perform a predictable role, a lot of these people. But the masses of black men, nine out of ten, rejected Trump. And now they're trying to psychologically convince black men that they're actually going to perform uh, better than before. And that's where Russia's coming in. That's, what, that, that's where you know Russia is actually trying to affect the black vote again. This is their narrative. This ain't no black man narrative. We, I might know one idiot that'll vote for Trump. I don't know three. And
5: I don't know nobody know who one. knows three. I know one he's on my board and I'm not having it tonight. Um so <laughs> um so you can sit there for uh until next week and waiting for me because you I I just won't have it tonight. But let me let, let let's let's delve into this a bit i I think this whole notion of having political literacy, understanding how politics work, is one thing. But you know, we are a rational, wise collective as a people, simply because- you know I, I reject this whole thing that at some level that we are not a mo- that we are not a monolith. I think that as a collective. Black people understand that we can never be a Democrat or a Republican or any of that uh, other stuff, that we are positioned uniquely in the history of America in a place together. I think I think most black people, and if anybody wants to argue the point, you can. So uh, this idea that we don't understand that politics is an art. It is the art of negotiating and trading. It is the, I'm. I'm notice I didn't say as my good friend, Playthell Benjamin yells and screams at me, would say that it is the art of uh, negotiation. It is the art of trade. And so if, you know, I don't know if you remember uh, uh, Dr. Taylor, but I do remember my first vote was for Hubert Humphrey, and I hated Hubert Humphrey, but he was running against Richard Nixon. And at the time, I led a student um, mo- political movement about getting rid of Richard Nixon, saying no to Richard Nixon, and I and we had we actually had signs that said. Jump the hump to ditch the dick. We actually—I made that up. We, we, <laughs> we were we were running around Boston with that sign, and part of it is because we understood that Richard Nixon was was no matter how you turned him around on the a, cube on a Rubik's cube, he was bad for us that he would do he would never serve any of our interests and he would do damage. So now we have people running around and saying, well, you know, Joe Biden is a weak candidate. He's a, he's going to be a weak president. He's going to be this and he's going to be that and I just simply can't vote for Biden. And we ask the question, well, what is the option? And they say one I have to vote for Trump because I know the devil I know, and two, I won't vote for I won't vote for a president at all. What's your response to that? I think it's ignorant. I just think it's I just
6: think I just think it's a, I just think it's a, it comes from a certain mentality of ignorance. I think if your mother didn't vote, then you don't vote. Anybody talking about not voting is because their mama didn't vote. If your mama taught Mm -hmm. you to vote, you vote. If your mama didn't Mm -hmm. teach you to vote, you don't vote. And I'm a political scientist, and there ain't no political science that says that. But I'm, I'm confident that that's true. It is true that you, you adopt your parents' party identification like you adopt your mama's religion, generally speaking, unless you're trying to rebel against it. But so, so, so again, I think, because, like, this guy Tariq Nasheed, uh, you know, who's leading this group uh, yeah. on his website, uh-huh. I, you know, he, him mm-hmm. and his, uh, Professor Boyce Watkins, both of them have been campaigning against Roland Martin, fighting against Roland Martin. And I've been saying to them, yeah. did, your mamas, did your mamas ever tell you all to vote? Because you're running around telling people to vote, not to vote. To me, you, you can't be that way unless your mother did not vote. If your mama mm-hmm. voted, you vote. If your mama didn't mm-hmm. vote, you probably don't vote, unless you married somebody who did vote and you got you know used to voting because they got you into voting and you started voting. But if your mama got voted then, and your daddy voted, if your daddy voted, you vote. If your daddy mm-hmm. didn't vote, you don't vote. If your grandfather voted and you know him, you knew him, you vote. If, you, if, if, your, if, you, if your granddaddy didn't vote, then, whether you knew him or not, you don't vote. If, if you're, you know, And it goes on. This is, gene- this, this is genealogical because it comes from political socialization, and that comes from the family. The, the most powerful socialization agent still is not the media. It's still mama, and it's still daddy. It still is the most powerful influence in a child's life is still the parent, not TV or media or social media or their peers, right? So if the parent to me didn't teach, my mother taught me to vote. My mother voted. My mother was a black woman who's now gone, died at 92 years old, uh, born in 1925 in South Carolina, who could not vote for most of her young life until she left the South at 20 and went to New York in 1945 and then could vote up in New York. And so she had a different appreciation for voting. My mother lived the first part of her life unable to vote. So when she got to New York and could vote, she taught her black children in the projects, vote. So other kids and families in the projects wasn't voting. But my mother made sure we voted. And we was in the projects like everybody else. But my mother voted. And that's why I still vote. And I bet you the kids I grew up with whose mothers did not vote don't vote. And I'm sure the kids whose, and I'm saying kids like, like I'm still a kid, but the, the, the people <laughs> who I grew up with whose parents taught them to vote, I, I say mothers because I was raised by a woman, but uh, I mean parents because I don't want to leave out fathers because fathers have a lot of influence, and we need to lift up black fathers just like we need to lift up the black CBC. Um, but those who vote, um, uh, uh, you know, who are educated to vote, who are socialized to vote, or who were educated around community organizations. This is why we have to fund community based organizations so they can give civic education. This is what the Panthers did. They gave, the Panthers were not just about the gun, they were about educating black people uh, about political education. They gave them political education. And Black Lives Matter doesn't do political education except around a very narrow, specific issue of, of police violence, and they try to broaden it, but they are very uh, issue-specific group, and if they try to stretch it, they'll just get, uh, you, know, ex- you know, in trouble trying to go beyond their capacities, right, because that's not their expertise to do, say, environment or to do, let's say, food um, shortages or to do homelessness, right, unless they can have a, a multi. Uh, fronted organization that uh, you know that that has many different uh, focuses. That's what we need, uh, Miss Graham, is maturity, and that's why I'm critical of the hip, the rappers. Is them, they they please give, l- l- hear me out. Hear this out. They are not even. They are less advanced in their thinking and planning and political consciousness than Fannie Lou Hamer was. Ella Baker was in 1964 and those two women gave these boys cuz they my generation an example if they really if they were serious about doing something black and independent those black women ran the white racist Mississippi Democrats out the party by establishing a black party within the party called the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, and they won. They got ripped off by LBJ and all of this nonsense and got two seats, and we, all, we know it didn't give them what they needed, and that, again, that's part of the larger skepticism a lot of young people have with the Democrats, but still, like you said, politics is about to me the follow-up after you demonstrate your political, your vote uh, capacity, and, and what those women taught in 1964, uh, younger the, the people of the, the Black Power generation learned because Stokely was watching them. So Stokely tries to create the Lowndes County Freedom Organization, which is where the Black Panthers got the name Black Panther, right? So this is not, the, the Panthers come. Please be clear: Black people in Mississippi and Alabama were creating Black political parties in the 60s while King was talking marching and integration. Fannie Lou Hamer was creating a black political party within the Democratic Party. Harold Washington did that. The, 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 the black men I mentioned earlier, Tim Black, uh, the, the one that's 103 years old, that's what they did. When mm-hmm. the Democrats endorsed Jane Byrne in 1979, 1981, I think it was about 81, uh, uh, against the black, um, uh, the black uh, you know, who blacks wanted, blacks drafted Harold Washington from Uh, 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 um, uh, Washington, D.C., as congressman and told him to run as mayor. And what they did is very similar to what they learned from Fannie Lou Hamer and Ella Baker. Mm-hmm. So Chicago in the 80s understood what Fannie Lou and Ella did in, 60, in 64 in, in the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. What they did in Chicago, and most black people don't know this, this is why we're so ignorant and are quick to just run after any old path and course, because we don't even know our own history. But even, the, even in the 80s, they learned from Fannie Lou, and they did it to perfection in Chicago, where they ran as black Democrats against the white Democrats in Chicago because they were stronger than the white Democrats, and they defeated them. And and, and, mm-hmm. and, and this even happened recently with Lori Lightfoot in terms of making sure M- 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 Rahm Emanuel couldn't even qualify. The black folk b- Black folk said, nope, no more in, in Rahm Emanuel. And they killed it. they killed his career in Chicago, black people did. And we will never give mm-hmm. ourselves credit for it we have been conditioned only to look down on ourselves so we look down on our preachers we always talk bad and down on our preachers rarely do we lift them up unless we're worshipping them stupidly right we go from one extreme to the other instead of respecting them as an institution of leadership in the black community and with some potential to do some great things we quick you know we'll see Eddie Griffin, or we'll see, you know, Dave Chappelle, or we'll see, you know, some other comedian up there clowning preachers and mocking them on, in TV, in movies, right? But they're some of our most important, in, they, they represent one of our most important remnant institutions that we created in the before the plantation, Du Bois says, in the Souls of Black Folk. He said the preacher, the frenzy, and the music were part of the black, spirit before they even become this ain't no christian stuff they weren't christians du bois is saying he says the preacher the music and the frenzy in the souls of black folk was the was the spirit of the black people and so and so my point to you is just like we we talk we ice cube can't see the cbc because he's predispositioned to not even look at them and other than to see negative Because he can't see them in a positive light because he's conditioned to say, oh, they ain't doing nothing. The same way we are all conditioned to look down at ministers. But right now, guess who's burying all these dead people? Guess who's ministering to all of the sick that are dying right now in the black community? Ain't nobody talking about that but on your show. And I'm not not even religious. I didn't go to church today. Is today Sunday? No, I ain't going to church tomorrow, let me be clear. Or well, no, no, no time soon. But, but, but I understand to make a point about the CBC, about about black leadership, about our voting power, about where we are as a group, is that as much as we have had electoral models, examples, and successes. We never claimed them. So I'm using another one. I'm talking about preachers. I'm talking about the CBC. And I'm talking now about what Fannie Lou Hamer did and what Ella Baker did in Mississippi, which ended up in the Atlantic City, New Jersey, Democratic Convention, where they got ripped off. Instead of getting all the seats, they only got two, and that was wrong. But they still gave us a model. And then Harold Washington uh, was drafted by the black south side neighborhoods, not by the black elite from the top up, but from the neighborhoods up. From the neighborhoods to, 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 to Washington, they pull Harold back to Chicago. He wins the election because black people ran a Democrat strategy of running against the Democrats in Chicago. And they defeated mm-hmm. the Democrats in Chicago, so it was almost like a black Democratic Party in Chicago. Well, that's what we did in the 1800s. It was called and when, we were, when we were Republicans. From the 1870s after the Republicans did nothing for us, after we freed ourselves— through Civil War, where Du Bois says in Black Reconstruction, 300 slaves walk off the plantation and 200 black men pick up guns, 500,000 black people get erased in the shadow of Abraham Lincoln. We know, uh, once again, there we go again, another example of our success. 500,000 black people unite, and we talk about what Lincoln did for us. So, so that's just on the way to reminding us of how poorly informed Ice Cube is and how poorly informed these rappers are, of not even looking as recent as, as as at Harold Washington, which is the modern... I say this in my book on black nationalism, in the final chapter. Uh, my book is Black Nationalism in the United States. And I say that the reason that... Barack Obama leaves New York after being at Occidental in L.A. and goes to Chicago is because he wants, he gets caught up in the Howard Washington moment, because when he got there, nobody respected Obama. And I say this in my book, they say that Obama was somebody that nobody sent. And that's why he started uh, work, uh, attending Jeremiah Wright's church, as you lead him with your Broadcast of Reverend Wright, and that's why he found the darkest, prettiest black girl he could find, and smartest black girl he could find in Chicago, and married her because he had no black credentials, he had no street cred, he had no, he had no, none of the credentials that Tim Black had, that Bob Stocks had, that Conrad Warrell had, that the activists in the black community had. So I'm saying these are everyday black right. people from the neighborhood. I just got finished saying Tim Black is the professor. Are the, are the two most notorious gangsters that are still alive, that are the fathers of the two most important gangs in Chicago right now. Larry Hoover yeah. and Jeff Fort are still alive. And their teacher is a 103-year-old man named Tim Black. Tim yeah. UL Black. Yeah. Look up Tim Black. Yeah. He's a, he's a godson legend. Oh, my Lord, it's like Harriet Tubman still walking among us. If you don't know who Tim Black is, you need to look him yeah. up. Tim UL Black. Yeah. Look him up. He was the teacher of both of these men. And Kanye, when he was in the White House, when he was in the Oval Office, if you remember, I do, he sat there and told uh, Donald Trump, let Larry Hoover out. That's what he said to Trump. He said, let Larry Hoover out. So I'm saying to you, I'm trying to show you and uh, share with you in the show the genealogy of how ignorant they are, ignoring the fact that I'm saying that the strategy that Ella Baker used was adopted by Tim Black, and by Bob Starks, these brothers are still alive Conrad warwell yep. died recently, yeah. They adopted Conrad, their strategy, used it successfully in Chicago. This brought Obama to Chicago. Farrakhan was in Chicago. Jesse was in Chicago. And so Chicago became the most important place in black politics uh, uh, where Harlem used to be. But in the 80s and 90s, in the 90s and after, because of all of this activity, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Chicago. But it all starts when the black South Side Chicago everyday leaders, yes. not elite. yes mobilized. And, again, yeah. if Kanye's in the White House yelling out the name of Larry Hoover, well, damn it, his professor is the man who is behind the strategy that he should be studying. I mean, if you know about Larry Hoover, how come Kanye, you from Chicago? Kanye, how can you be from Chicago? Your mother was a black scholar. Your mother had Tim Black books. Your mother knew who Tim Black was. So how the hell can Kanye West look past Tim Black when Tim yeah. Black is we, the one who is the professor of the man he's yelling out to Tom to, to, uh, to Donald Trump. We're, we're going to have to uh,
5: – w- when we come back, I I want people to know more about uh, Tim Black. Um, we have been running an uh, ad campaign all week asking people to bakerize, get your baker on. Uh, and we haven't gotten a lot of response from it because people – simply do not uh, you know uh i had to t- i had to say to myself people don't understand what you're trying to say and i don't understand we're going to we're going to go for a break i've got a board of callers who want to talk with us uh dr taylor uh tonight uh at our common ground we're talking about the black spending spree uh black political currency uh and how we spend it uh, in this election coming up on November third, we also want to remind you that at the end of this broadcast tonight, you should check your clocks and turn them back, fall back. The time is changing, so when we come off of the air, it will be midnight, but at one in one hour, it will be midnight again. <laughs> We hope that you do that. Our guest tonight is Dr. Uh, James L. Taylor and the volume of his both understanding analysis and knowledge of political history and the way in which politics works within the black political uh, infrastructure and in this country uh, is just, I hope you find, as I do, amazing. This is Our Common Ground. We see your calls. Our number is 347-838-9852. And we're going to take a break. And inside this break, I'm going to be sharing with you one of, I think, one of the most important conversations that um, people who have taken on the gauntlet of black leadership ever had, and it was in 1973. And if you'd like to hear the entire forum, which is almost two hours, it is posted at TruthWorks Network because we have activated Power Views, which is uh, reloading the truth about black folks in this country. So we hope you will take it in seven seven three six four six six one five. Dr. Taylor, Dr. James Taylor of the University of San Francisco and I will take your calls uh, when we come back
7: Each of us has a moral responsibility if we are of voting age and if we are registered to participate in that decision and So I come to California today and I'll leave here and go to Chicago and then to Detroit and then Baltimore, Maryland, and New York to say the same thing. I come here to urge every person under the sound of my voice to go to the polls on the 3rd of November and vote your convictions. Now, I know you are intelligent people, and I don't need to tell you who you should vote for. I don't have any fear about that. You know who to vote for. I'm just asking you to vote. Now, if you need a little information on my convictions at this point, I must honestly admit to you that I am not going to vote for Mr. Goldwater.
3: Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground, Transforming Truth to Power, one broadcast at a time.
4: It's amazing how people can come together by spending time apart.
3: Quest Diagnostics thanks you for doing your part to stop the spread of the coronavirus through social distancing and proper hygiene. At Quest,
4: we're doing our part by establishing COVID-19 lab testing capabilities across the
6: country to better serve our communities and healthcare providers. If you suspect you have COVID-19, talk to a healthcare provider, and let's keep doing our part so we can all come back together stronger than ever.
8: See, unlike America would have us believe, the greatest problem confronting this country today is not pollution and bad breath. It's black people. It's black people. See, that's just one of the big lies that America tells you and that you go for because you chump. You go for it. One of the lies that we tell ourselves is that we are making progress.
4: But here is shared
8: we're not making progress. We can equate progress with confessions. We can no longer make that mistake.
1: We have to recognize who our major enemy is. The major enemy is not your brother, flesh of your flesh, and blood of your blood. The major enemy is the hunky and his institutions of racism. That's the major enemy. That is the major enemy. And whenever anybody prepares for revolutionary warfare, you concentrate on the major enemy. We're not strong enough to fight each other and also fight him. We will not fight each other today. We will not fight each other. There will be no fights in the black community among black people. There will just be people who will be off. There will be no fights. There will be no disruption. We are going to be united. We must begin to develop number one, and this is the most important thing we can do as a people. We must first develop an undying love for
4: our people.
3: Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
4: My dimensions when people say okay, they don't bother me. I'm ready to make it, don't care what the weather, don't care about no trouble, got myself together. I've been.
0: There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, twenty-seventh in math, twenty-second in science, 49th in life expectancy, hundred and seventy-eighth in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending. It's when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about
9: what we see before our eyes the sky is green and the grass is blue the one thing you can't deny these people are these people are sabotaging
5: this country Alpo alpha on truthworks network the best of a political perspective go
4: for it, alpha
2: The Alpha Show.
3: This could be the most important 30 seconds of the year. That's how long we have to convince you that you have power. Want change in your local community? Vote. Tired of government not working for you? Vote. Done with people saying nothing can be done? Vote. Finished with protests falling on deaf ears? Vote. Fed up with elected officials' empty promises? Reclaim your power and vote them out. You can't win if you don't play, and will never win if you don't vote. For more info, go to reclaimyourvote.org. And now back to Our Common Ground. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
10: that are, in fact, welfare. But Mr. Nixon and his crew are not talking about eliminating any of that. They're talking about expanding that. Well, let me ask this. In his uh, explanation, as far as he's gone to date, President Nixon, when he appeared on television and explained the Watergate situation as he saw it, did you sense that he was implying a reordering, a restructuring of priorities? When he, when he discussed, didn't he say something to the effect that he was going to be a little more sensitive? No, you want to know what I sense? I sense that there was a desperate man trying to cop a plea, and then he even said a prayer for us at the end of it. No, I didn't sense that he was talking about reordering priorities. I sensed that he was trying to get through a very bad night. And I think also that the, uh,
4: the thing about that performance was that he never really got to the substance of what he's was dealing with that what we got was a lot of rhetoric, a lot of waving of the flag, and then you're supposed to go where you feeling that Watergate is, is just going to disappear. And I think that uh, it was an unfair trick to play on the American public.
8: Well, you know, we are...
11: It's one thing, I'm sorry, it's one thing, that is the only president in the history of my time, and I'm 56, that can talk an hour and never say nothing.
12: But we also have to ask ourselves what the real meaning of that Watergate affair is. I think it's important, especially for those of us who are, are here this afternoon, to recognize that if, if the Republican Party will go that far to sabotage the Democratic Party, to sabotage that kind of opposition, uh, what have we already been uh, experiencing insofar as repression is concerned? And what will we as black people have to face in the future?
5: Because there are many
12: of us who uh, feel that not only the Republican Party, but the Democratic Party as well is committed to upholding a system of exploitation and racism. If you look at the McGovern campaign, McGovern didn't even raise the question of racism, and he was supposed to be the far left wing of the Democratic Party. So I think it's, it's important to see this uh, Watergate uh, Scandal, as being an indication of the real threat of fascism. And I think, no, no. I think that's
10: what it is is an indication of the lawlessness of law officials and the abuses of state power at the highest level. You have to take it beyond the particular example, as Ms. Davis said, of Watergate, to understand what's going on at all levels in our society as far as abuses of power by the government is concerned, particularly in political areas. If they're doing this against the established opposition, what are they <coughs> doing against black people? What are they doing against political activists? What is happening with the statutes that are being passed and the the people who are being appointed to the courts, the decisions the courts are rendering, what's happening at the street level in terms of the administration of justice, then you get the full impact of just how lawless these people are who are supposedly in charge of administering the law. When you look at the statutes for Congress that have been passing, preventive detention, you see the no-knock, you see the stop and frisk, you see the Interstate Riot Act, you look at the, the Supreme Court of the United States consistently cutting back upon what we regard as traditional rights in this country doing away with the non-unanimous jury. You look at the street level, the level of violence, officially sanctioned violence that's going on in this country, the political implications of that. Look at what happened at Kent State and Orangeburg, Jackson State, Southern University, at Attica where 43 people were killed. And you look at the way in which the grand jury is being used, and you look at the way in which agent provocateurs are being used, and if you just trace it all the way through uh, what we... See in the top right now of the icebergs. Okay. Look at what's happening in Wounded Knee right this moment. I think we could talk for an hour and a half if we wanted to really expand right. on this point. Well, yes. I would like to. i
11: like to say this point that really uh, the American people you know, uh, ha- uh, should show them the responsibility for what is going on now, you see, because uh, the Democrats are just alarmed of the bugging because it's affecting them. You see, uh, the Democrats, when they were in power, they were bugging uh, the black movement, and no one made any kind of outcry about that. Yes. They only say now that uh, the chicken has come home to roost. And so now that they are being infected, they are now beginning to do the outcry. We have been crying about that for years, about the uh, uh, invading of our privacy, privacy the bugging uh, uh, doing the Civil Rights Movement, uh, that it bugged Martin Luther King. that was well known, and no one spoke out against it. So what is happening now? See, it has been a revelation. Of what have been going on for years, and I think that uh, the American people now uh, are becoming more aware of what is going on. Now the fact is, what they're going to do is to begin to deal with it. But uh, I think that I want to go back to another point. Also, uh, it, it's very important who the president has around him. You see what I mean? If he have, uh, let's say, crooks around him, then who only have their vested interests at heart and not going to commit the time and the energy that is necessary to design programs to deal with blacks, then we are never going to get the kind of response from the federal government that we need. And I think that this is very important because these fellows up there are more concerned about stashing suitcases full of money. In fact, there's two million and four million dollars that they're stashing away now. That money can be going into the black community to help to deal with some of the problems. And I think that, until we began to focus on these kind of situations that uh, we were going to be missing many of the basic points.
8: Okay, you've the been okay. Uh, okay.
1: Go ahead. I yield to the other statement, my <laughs> other brother, the <laughs> business sector of
8: our community. <laughs> 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 well, one of the things that I keep hearing here, and I think you have to agree, would be that the uh, that the capitalistic, capitalistic system in America uh, is the system that we, that we have to deal with, and the problem with it uh, is that... Uh, We don't have any blacks operating in it. I wonder if we would have the same kind of uh, feeling about the capitalistic system if we were the capitalists and somebody else was sitting outside. I think we would begin then. I think that well, Stoker says he'd be against it, and I uh, no, you know, can't sister, wait to talk. exploiting <laughs> me. I don't care whether
4: he's <laughs> white or black or red or yellow,
8: wow. as
12: long as he's doing the exploiting. There's something basically wrong with the I'm not. In I'm not. Too right.
8: Right. You, you know, it's a white exploitation. It's difficult, really, to that. say that uh, uh, that that people haven't been damaged by the by the free enterprise system in this country. The, the failure of our cities is probably a direct result of the failure of the free enterprise system to do something about it. When a big business begins to move out and leave the the poor people to solve the problems of poor people, then you've got a failure. Wait a minute, you can't, enterprise. I'm sorry, All right. but uh, you can't
12: talk success. about free enterprise <laughs> because there's no such
3: Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, back to Janice.
5: And um, I want to point out to you that that was a clip of a broadcast of Tony Brown's journal in 1973. And when we talk about transposing black history in order to analyze Today's political situations. That conversation could have taken place on yesterday. And you heard Fannie Lou Hamer, Kwame Toure, Angela Davis, Percy Sutton, Representative Lewis Stokes, and um, a number of people. David Burns. <laughs> Uh, who were activists and analysts, and the people who tried to pull this—the um, the thinkers of the Black Power movement. Dr. Taylor, isn't that fascinating? I I find that so fascinating. No, it is. It, it really is. And
6: and that's that's a sad part to me about you know civic education and education going on amongst black people as black people in terms of their own history. I mean, I'm not talking, uh, I'm not talking Harriet Tubman here, although I can. I'm talking about, you know, this lifetime. We're talking about Ella Baker. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Fannie Lou Hamer. We're talking about Percy Sutton, right? We're talking, about, we're talking about Harold Washington. We're talking about people that are still alive, like Tim Black, right? And um, the sad thing is Kanye West is from Chicago, Why are you talking to Donald Trump about Larry Hoover? Why aren't you talking to Tim Black, who who, who Larry Hoover learned from, and learned from him how they used their strategy in Chicago to defeat the Democrats as Democrats, to use the Democrats' Mm -hmm. institutions, their existing money, their rules, and beat them at it the way Ella Baker and Fannie Lou Hamer did, and to do that as a model. The problem of of black politics, Ms. Graham, is that we keep failing – to bring forth the lessons of the past. Even though we have new generations, many of our issues are old. Our issues are recycled. Our issues are cyclical. So so the fact that that you you might have a... Well, the fact that you might be a millennial or that, or you might be a Generation Xer might impress you that you have different concerns than the older generation. Problem is, the older generation got the same had the same concerns you got as a young person in your twenties that they had in their twenties that their grandmama had in their twenties that their great grandfather had in their twenties. If you black, so so this you know the the sort of you know young turk uh, you know enthusiasm that you sometimes see that. There's a bad habit of dismissing our past. And that's my whole point of this whole conversation is to show different ways that we've ignored our successes and we keep calling them failures. We look down at our institutions. We look down at the church. I don't care if you don't go to church. Black people created the black church. That's our institution, even if you never go. The, the, the United Negro College Fund—that's ours. The HBCUs. I never went to one. I send money whenever one's in trouble, because they're ours. We got to preserve our culture. And yep. and so yep. the fact that you are Ice Cube, and and you a man in your late forties, not your twenties. The fact that you are uh, Fifty Cent in your forties. Uh, the fact that you are Kanye in your late thirties or, or your late your thirties. Late the fact that you are puffy in your late 40s, almost 50, and y'all are grown men, and if you puffy, I want to know, have you ever read about black political parties? Puffy, did you study what happened at Gary in 1972, where many of those people that you just played were major figures, like Percy Sutton and others uh, at, at, Gary, at the Gary Convention, where black people, 9,000 black folk came together seriously and tried to create a political party? That's... That, my whole point, Miss Graham, is Ella Baker, Fannie Lou Hamer, the, the, the National Black Political Convention led by Richard Hatcher and Gary, uh, where uh, Mary Baraka messed it up with his ego. Um, uh, you had nine years after that of ongoing meetings. They had a meeting in Little Rock, Arkansas in 74. Um, they met in Philly. They met in Atlanta. They kept trying to create a black political party. For from '72 until '80, there were serious, m- mature, advanced efforts to create a party, but ideology kept getting in the way, and there was a lot of militancy that kept getting in the way of the elect- elected officials who had different constituencies. So they couldn't. So that blew it up. So, so. But yep. the point is, Ms. Graham, it's there for us as a, an example. If, if Ice Cube and Puffy and them were talking about creating a black political party and they did it like three years ago, I'd be all for it. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it, and I don't care the damage it does to the Democrats. Yeah. Let them learn. Let the Republicans learn. But this is not a serious effort, and and it's not serious mm-hmm. because they have not studied their own – they have not studied the, the antecedents. But
5: but isn't, isn't, isn't another part of it is everybody's looking for their own star, for instance, I came out of Gary uh, with gold dust in my eyeballs. Okay. And I, 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 it was, it was probably the genesis of my political mat- maturity right. in terms of the black political infrastructure. Right. Um, with Ron Walters and Ron, Ron right. Daniels. Those we are serious people. Th- Gerald Horn. We spent yes. three years. Trying to put together a black independent party, which I, cha- right. I cha- 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 chaired the national committee. Okay. So. Uh, so you you, know, you live what I'm Bob, talking about. Yeah, Bob Starks. Bob Starks is my man. He's wow. My okay. Okay, man. okay. Good. Good. I'll, good. you know? You know. I you know. <laughs> to feel bad, but Bob Starks was my original Chicago man, and yeah. And so these are regular
6: folks. These ain't no elite. Yeah. These are regular folks.
5: Yeah, Bob Starks um, has a for being able to organize the foundation of a movement, yep. and Ron Walters was the genius yep. of Black political yep. empowerment. Yep. and we've got people who 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 simply blow them off, blow all. I, I mean, Ron <laughs> is, uh, Ron, Ron Walters is dead, but just blow them off.
6: Right, but I bet you if you ask any of those rappers who are in the news right now, if they know about Gary, Indiana, or Ron Walters, they would say, who? That's that's my my point, is if they have not studied, don't don't complain. This ain't nothing to be playing with. And if you haven't taken this seriously, you haven't even studied the failure of Tavis Smiley. Tavis failed. With that that structure, that doesn't work. With all these black big mouths standing up there preaching to each other, getting the audience excited, and then leaving with nothing except uh, uh, more marketing for the companies that sponsored it, which is what brought Tavis down, right? So I, yep. Ice Cube is not even. My point to you is, Ice Cube is not even where y'all were in the '70s. That's my problem with all of this, and that's what I can't get out. Is that you all, when you were doing what you were doing in the '70s, at Gary. We're f- we're, that's advanced black pol. That's mature, advanced black politics. Even that's if right. it re- even right. if it hit a dead end, and the fact that's that they right. haven't, the fact that they're not picking up. This is my whole point to Black America. If if I if Ice Cube and they not effing around with me party. Which is picking up the gun like the Panthers did in '66, instead of the mature Panthers in '73 that damn near won the political establishment of Oakland when Bobby and uh, Elaine Brown ran. You know, again, w- they w- they keep looking past our uh, antecedent models, uh, you know, and, and ignoring them when they're right there for them to, to build on. Yeah, because and, everybody,
5: you know, you know, the whole thing, the the the, the whole way in which. Uh, the infrastructure that had, had, that was created in in, in Gary uh, fell apart was because everybody wanted to be a star and everybody was right. chipping off, right. starting their own stuff right. and not right. understanding exactly right. what had happened. Dr. Right. Taylor, we've got a lot of callers here. Well, let me just kick this I the, I get this in real quick. I want to get
6: this in because it's my, my uh-huh. final point on this. Ice Cube is starting like he was a rapper back in the day when he was a kid with a yellow, with a yellow legal pad writing out his rhymes and then put it on a, and called it the, the contract with Black America. So he's at the level of notepad and then got uh, – you know, uh, he talked to Dr. Khan, uh, talked to Claude Anderson and a couple other folk, and this is still, like, you know, uh, uh, immature. My point is, you all were meeting about parties and organizing, and you got 10,000 black folk together to talk seriously to convention, to actually engage each other, to debate each other, to disagree, and unfortunately, it, 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 it misdirected. But my point is, they are starting. Further behind than when y'all left it. Y'all left something for them Mm -hmm. to start at. Mm -hmm. If Ice Cube and the not effing around with me party was starting re- where the Panthers left off, not where the Panthers started. The Panthers started with the gun. They didn't end with the gun, and the not effing around with me party ignores the fact that the Panthers, seven years after 66, they put the gun down, and they get involved in community feeding. Yep. They get involved in sicker cell. They get involved in education. They set up schools. They get serious about black civil society. So the fact that you in 2020 starting where the Panthers were in 66, as opposed to where the Panthers were in 73, is telling me you're not learning, and the fact that Cube is starting at the point where he's at his yellow rap pad. As a, I used to be a rapper in New York when I was a kid, and we started writing our rhymes out on a pad, and my point is where Ice Cube is starting is at the yellow pad like he's a rapper instead of starting where y'all stopped at Gary. If they said let's have mm-hmm. a convention in Chicago in, in 2018, 2019, And and they said, 10,000 black people together, and we're going to decide to run a local black political strategy in every city where there's 40% of black people, we're creating a black party. Then I said, these boys are serious, and these women are serious. But, But this tweeting out their political opinions and then the stupid media following it, and then they get everybody all in a stir, is just a sign of the fact that black people did not learn the lessons of their antecedents and I'm not even talking about ancient history. I'm talking about the most recent yeah. political generation. They ain't even looking at the most mm-hmm. recent political generation. Forget, forget the Harlem Renaissance. Forget, forget Harlem. Forget, you know, uh, the the Garvey movement. These these Negroes ain't look. They ain't even looking at at Howard Washington, or Fannie Lou. And these are people that they should know about. They they, they have no excuse. Like Shaq and and, uh, and 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 Mark Lamont Hill. I mean, Mark Lamont Hill been on TV with, since Fox. Created him when Bill O'Reilly discovered him over at Temple. And Mark Lamont then got fired for saying something that bothered uh, the Jewish people on CNN about Palestinians. And Mark Lamont Hill has been on TV and uh, on Twitter. He got a store. He's at Temple. He went to Morehouse. I'm not hating. I'm a full professor. I'm cool. I ain't hating. I'm just saying this brother's all over uh, uh, talking about all these issues of social justice and, and is 40 something years old and ain't never voted. Mm-hmm, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm, how, the, mm-hmm. how? And Shaq, Shaq, always talking down to black people about law enforcement and telling us, you know, the police that shot Breonna uh, Brianna Taylor, uh, they were in the right to shoot back because the boyfriend shot at him. And the Shaq just now, just now voting for the first time. So, so you talking yeah. to me yeah. at the barbershop, brother? To me, you you the, you the dumb man talking. All yeah. those guys, all of the these calls. rappers are the dumb guy at the barbershop.
5: <laughs> Let's go to these calls and please. Try to contain your 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 question and your comments To the idea of how we use our black political capital 773, you're on the air Did you vote yet?
9: Yeah, about three weeks ago How are you okay. doing, Dennis?
5: I'm great, sir Good to hear care. from you
9: You were the first um, in the queue I'm going to make it short because uh, I'm a little bit um, off topic, and I want to say one thing. The example that Dr. Taylor gave about the rise of the black political movement and how black people in Chicago beat the democratic machine. That is the same way that we grab the Democratic Party by the neck, drag it to the left, drag it to the left. People like that we've got Donald Trump is a symptom. But in this symptom, he has awakened an ugly part of America. And we must not let him go like we let to Bush and Cheney go. We must prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. I agree. And I know agree. he's going to try to flee the country to a non-to a country without an extradition extradition treaty. And uh, you know, Janice, a little while back I said, Prosecutors are going to get him on the RICO Act. And it's a, it's a, it's the table is set. We can go forward now, and Joe Biden is nobody to me. Right. He's not going to right. do anything unless he's forced to. That's right. That's right. And we have to make sure that he does it. That's right. And it's that's done. It's done with. You got to get that's into that's Harris's ear. You have to get into everybody's ear. Like you but said, but here's
5: Janet. But here, let me make this point as an activist. If you want access, you have to earn it. Right. I can go into any politician's call, pick up the phone and call any politician in that I have worked on their campaigns or used their campaigns to advocate for issues that I'm working on, because they know that one, I can touch people, and two, I have touched them. So if I want to pick I'm up the phone and call Marty Walsh in the city of Boston tomorrow, I I I, I will get a call from him. On Monday
9: So that that
5: is the kind of Political uh, Ingenuity That we've got to Invoke So let me ask you a question Alpha Do you What's your your projection About uh, The black turnout The black Expenditure
9: the black turnout is going to be massive. Yep. Because we mm-hmm. we've got we've got no place to go. And black people know this. Black people have been at home with this pandemic, and Donald Trump continues to stoke his base, but he's also stoking yep. the anger of the black vote. Yep. They are going out of their way to disqualify our vote, and that is one of the big stories that is should be emphasized here. It's that's the right. Republican Party. That's right. It's the Republican Party that's trying to stop us from voting. That's We've right. known it for years. We've mm-hmm. known it for mm-hmm. years, and nobody in the media will make it an issue that even the black so-called pundits Will make it an Mm -hmm. issue
5: It is the
9: Republicans way And if Mm -hmm. we don't enlarge If we don't We're going to take a hit But if we don't add Justices to the courts And basically Right that ship Because the ship Is leaning right We have to add some progressives To the Supreme Court to, To make that ship To float that ship again Well
5: I think we've I think we've got to add Some people to the Supreme Court That are not corrupt And that are not biased And that have not been bought Um, Then um, they should add me I'm not corrupt (laughs) But I don't know
4: nothing
9: You know know a lot
4: alpha.
9: Not just to the Supreme Court But to the lower courts And I'll say this I have a lot of capital. You know why? Because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha, I'd, like, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to
6: talk one of the politics that people, One of the things that people don't know, and people, like with the Supreme Court, yeah, it's gone for now, right? Uh, there's no doubt about that. But one of the things I think people don't appreciate is, one, Mitch McConnell stole about 125 seats from Obama, just like he did with Gorsuch and uh, Garland. But be clear that Obama did get 800 judges in, and nobody talks about that. Obama's court dominates everything below the Supreme Court, and nobody talks about that. James Taylor is saying that on your show. Obama had 800 judges appointed at the federal level. Everybody's talking about Donald Trump's 200 because he keeps Mm -hmm. talking about it. Mm
5: -hmm. Y'all ain't heard me. if 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 you look at Walton. Uh, in the in the DC um, appellate, um, he is giving Donald Trump okay all the fire. Yep. I mean, he is he's not letting him get away with anything. Yeah. And they have tried to go after him, and they have been unsuccessful. Alpha, thank you for your call. I like talking with you because you're the, you you you're the working man's uh, voice. You understand and, and, how it works. You know one
6: of the fascinating one of the fascinating things, Miss grim about about politics again. Why I think the voice we should be listening to is Tamika Mallory is she uh, completely ethered, as the kids say, Daniel Cameron for his ungodly selling yes, out she did. and his complete ungodly behavior, what he did, how uncriminal and corrupt he was. She she completely the ancient she brought all the ancestors' voices out and told him, You do you do not belong to black people. And he out there with them white folk mm-hmm. with his wife, he got married and he's the only black person there and they're all smiling. And she said to him, he might have enjoyed her saying that, but she told him, You do not belong to black people. But listen to this, beyond that was that in Kentucky, where Brianna was killed, black people voted for uh, Governor Bashir who shocked the world and became the Democratic governor of Kentucky. So black people are responsible for Bashir being governor right now. And the first thing he did, see, this is why I said they're immature. They're not even looking at what's happening in their midst. The first thing he did when he came into power in Kentucky because of black voting is uh, gave the voting back, voting rights back to 100 felons ex-felons, 100,000, excuse me, 100,000 ex-felons in Kentucky on day one. And now he is actually forcing Daniel Cameron to, to to give him all of the documents as governor of everything related to Breonna Taylor's case because he has the authority yeah. of the state. He has the total power, and he is going to expose Cameron. So, so, so that's black voting doing that. And, and, yep. and so when we run around talking about Breonna Taylor and everybody out mouthing out Breonna Taylor and talking about Breonna Taylor, well, politics, black politics in Kentucky is being effective because it led to the Democrat governor who immediately restored voting rights. And, you know, they were going after poor people, young people yep. uh, and black people when they when they took their voting rights away. So so we again, I think we have to try to condition ourselves to pay attention to when we're winning and stop calling our winning losing.
5: Yeah. Dr. Taylor, this is for you. And Joshua James must be arrested.
11: We cannot forget about Joshua James, the man who lied
5: on a no-knock warrant application that sent police officers charging into the home of Breonna Taylor and Kenny Walker.
4: We cannot forget about any of those officers, and if this police
5: department is to do right by this community, if you know of other officers who were involved, they should be arrested and indicted immediately. Again, the restitution portion is one part. But I want
2: you to understand how wicked he is, how wicked he is, and how wicked this system is. Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes wow. that sold our people okay. into slavery oh.
5: One day that was for you, Dr. Taylor. so much
6: Thank you so much, because that 's the voice. I think black people sh- uh, should be listening to. A young woman, again, she's a, a disciple of Al, Al Sharpton. So she's got grounding. She's got footage in the, in the grassroots black community in New York, in Brooklyn. She, she was already active before she connected to Sharpton. So she's the one we should be listening to, not, not these celebrities mm-hmm. who are mm-hmm. millionaires no matter what happens. Ice Cube's yeah. going to be rich you know, no matter
5: what. Uh, uh, Tamika Mallory... Uh, learn organizing and activism as the youth director. Of, I remember when she was promoted to the director. She was a she was a a, a part of National Action Network. Right. And she was the youth director of the National Action Network for about four years. So she had some. She had some good training, and she was right. ready. And you, you, you remember the uh, Pussy People March, right? She was one of the organizers of the Pussy People March. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and she
6: and she refused and she refused to sell out and renounce Farrakhan, and it blew up the whole thing because she stood on principle she refused yep. to sell Farrakhan out, and I'm not 100. I'm not. I'm not all in on Farrakhan. I'm not all against Farrakhan, but and you know, and you know, we all got our own issues with Farrakhan, and we also like things about Farrakhan as black people. We know that. Um, but she, unlike a lot of other people, a lot of famous black people, refused to distance herself from Farrakhan, and Farrakhan in, is past his prime and in his
5: 80s. Julianne Malveau, uh, I will always hold that against her. You know, I travel with. Uh, um um uh, the minister on his um stop the violence um, okay tour okay um and he 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 was always available to uh the campaign for a new tomorrow when we came to chicago um you know people like Tim Black and and Gerald Horn these are geniuses of understanding yep. our problems yep and when, you know, it, it, it even gets to be a matter of how much, as, as Kwame Touré said in the clip that I played earlier during the break, how much do we love each other? Right. You know, let's go to 646, who has been holding, and I appreciate your holding. Um, 646, you're Wait, on the air. Did you vote I'm, yet?
2: Of course I voted already. Did you vote already? Yet? Yes, i so Ohio. Uh, excuse me? Is that Ohio? No, it's New York. York. Okay, okay. I it, listen, um, I, I have to disagree with your, your analysis in regards to Ice Cube. I think out of all of those individuals who have, as one would say, butted in, he has a plan, he has an agenda. And he's worked with people
5: who have, have still
2: worked in a position in the community. Have ha- Have you read his plan? I've read a little bit of it, but have anybody read the, read the platinum plan of of um of um, Donald Trump, which is a yeah. it's one way one one page summary? But yeah. this is the point. This is the point. Just listen to the point because it'll be quick. The matter in which he met with or talked to anybody in the Trump organization, as well as in the Biden organization, is his right. Why do we have to pass him aside when he's making an effort to do something? He don't have to.
6: uh, Let me get in here real quick. Let me get in here just just respond. Because if he's trying to represent himself, more power to him. But if he's trying to put forth a black agenda, as, as as he called it, again, again, he had years before COVID to be meeting with everyday black people in community. So that's the problem, brother. We've been past this stage of of, of elites with high profiles. Malcolm warns against this in the ballot to the bullet. Ballot or the bullet. Not the ones against black celebrities who can be pulled in by the, the. He said this when Johnson got elected. The first thing Johnson's gonna do is pull in a bunch of black celebrities and 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 try to cool off the people. And that's what Ice Cube I is doing because the people okay, the people are mobilized. The people, let, me let, me say this. let me just say this now. Listen, the people have been mobilizing. That's my point. The people are already moving, and they're talking against the people. Millions and millions and millions of black people have decided on their own, based on their own calculus, that they I are going to vote. Talking. Now, if Cube, I'm talking about this. if Cube is going to jump into that, then he's going against the grain of millions of black people. No, he's not, because he's not talking against black
2: people. He's trying to give black people something that the gatekeepers, those that sit on MSNBC, CNN, and all these other TV stations aren't doing anything. So let me and get to, just, the point, to the point right quick. Let me get to the point. Now, when Donald Trump steals the election on Tuesday and get back in office, what you think gonna happen to these so-called gatekeepers? Don't What you think will happen to Ice Cube? Can, can I finish, please? Because yeah. the bottom line is all of those black people that are on TV right now, white folks gonna kick them to the side and look for some new Negroes who ain't going to give us nothing, who ain't Go do nothing for us and keep us in the same position because white people are not going to be able to mentally survive if this white man gets back into office. You know why? Because we have no plan. We have no agenda. We have nothing in place to survive as an African people. So right. stop talking all this junk about right. we've been in the molding. Because we ain't so, got no so 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 money. Then, then, so, then,
6: so, so then let me respond. Because I think that point you make right there is where we come together. When you say we have no plan, and let's 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 agree right there. And I, I, maybe you don't you didn't hear what I was trying to say, and maybe I took too long to say it. But I was basically saying we have not studied our own history, recent history. Political history about what we 've done in the areas that they 're talking about in order to develop a plan, and they haven 't even learned from tavis 's failure. Tavis failed doing it the way cube 's doing it you 're not going to be successful with a with a bunch of black elites. I don't care what their backgrounds are, what their special special background are, yelling and just preaching to each other. I, D- Michael Dyson, real quick. Michael Dyson got up there and called Obama Pharaoh or, in one episode of, of Tavis Smiley. And next thing you know, he was in the White House for the next eight years, seven years, right, uh, with Pharaoh. So, so you know, that, that kind of selling out is done. done. And, and my point to you is everyday people have to have a voice. Every If Cube had met with everyday – I don't think you're hearing me – if Cube had met with everyday Black people in an effort like Farrakhan did with the Million Man March, where he came into Black communities, where he sat down with Black media, where he had articulated his agenda, and then let Black people refine it, let sisters talk, because I did look at his plan, brother, and he ain't got nothing about Black women, nothing about Black health, nothing about Black elders, nothing about Black youth, nothing about. But
2: have you heard him? But have you heard him say? Have you heard him say, and listen to this clearly, if you read his plan and you have an issue with his plan, contact me, put something in front of me, and let's work on it. See, that's the difference between most Negroes and that's doing it But that's that's doing it backwards. That's doing it backwards. That's immature. That's immature. No, no. That's not mature. It. That's maturity. That's because, asking me to co-sign. That's asking the people brother to co-sign it. on what you the put it. together. The people that never no say in that, brother Taylor, think about this. If a man writes a plan and you critique his plan, and he's on enough to say to you, if you have any ideas and suggestions. Come to me with your ideas and suggestions, and I'm willing to work with you and make the necessary changes. That's what a real man does. But if a you start, if you start, if you're you coming to me, okay, I heard, I heard you, you out. I heard you out. I heard you out. I heard you out. I heard you out.
6: Now, if you're coming to me with a plan for something that uh, that you're doing, and, and I got a, 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 a blueprint for you. And I offer, I tell you, hey, guess what? There's a blueprint, and you completely decide you're going to build this thing on your own without informing a blueprint and you run ahead of it and decide to put your own thing together ignoring the blueprint and then you mess up the thing you try to build and then you ask me to come and co-sign on it and fix it that's what you're asking so ice cube comes up with this and you're asking ice cube use did, the did not include was, the voice uh, of the people and therefore it cannot be valid if he, didn't include, if, he don't, if he does not include everyday people's voices, then it, it, it's not legitimate. It, it's coming from him. It needs to come from the, the neighborhoods.
5: Jay, I had Do to use, for a minute you, there because you're talking over. No, I understand, I uh, uh, understand, understand.
2: But here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. No, I just want to deal. say this because you got to people. Do anybody use the plan Elijah Muhammad or Marcus Garvey that's black? Other nationalities use those plans to move their people forward. So you can't use that. It's just like Thomas Smiley. What happened to Thomas, Thomas Smiley? The white man decided they wanted to beat him up, spank him, and destroy him. That wasn't black people that did that. That was white people who did that to him. Okay. So We, okay, were the we got people. it.
6: We were Jay, black I to go.
2: People. Brother, you, you got a I short memory because
6: black people got tired of Tavis Smiley doing that same old thing over and over and over again, and nothing happening. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. He wrote a book, and it ain't no bestseller yeah. in the black community, is it? Everybody ain't got a copy, do they? Like they had, uh, you know, uh, the black, you know, the Black Man's Guide for Understanding the Black Woman, right? Like everybody had a copy of that, or the ISIS yeah. Papers. Everybody ain't got a, a copy of Tavis's thing. So my point to you is, black people rejected that that whole format, and that's why it died. Even even if even if you talk about the particularities of how it ended black people again brother my point to you is they are backwards you you're not even yeah. hearing me you aren't even listening yeah. to me yeah. you ain't even hearing Say what i'm talking Jay. about you having a different conversation you. i'm saying these brothers aren't even studying and they have entered the race 50 years backwards behind where their ancestors were just 50 years ago, and you didn't hear that, that they have not studied their own people's history, and they're going to jump in front of their people not learning that SNCC sat down Women and men sat down and debated issues and positions before they made a public statement. You don't get to come from your million-dollar mansion in L.A. Now you're living in Riverside talking about Compton, writing up a manifesto that you decided to come up with when you saw George Floyd get choked and then ask everybody else in black America to co-sign on that. Those days are over. That's what Black Lives Matter has tried to teach y'all, that the black leaders coming from above are rejected. That's why they don't have any. The whole idea of black lives matter for the past 10 years is that we don't want it coming from above. And then Cube will come from above. He is from above. He ain't the Cube from Compton no more. He's he's the Cube that's famous celebrity millionaire. And so he is coming from above. And Black Lives Matter ain't got no celebrity leaders,
5: right? So you I know, think we need the to point, learn. The, the point is, and I think it it, you know, this this really highlights what you're saying, Dr. Taylor, is that we have to understand that this is a new elite. The, the entertainers and the rappers, and they understand the opportunity before them. But come November 4th, as Jay has indicated, that if Donald Trump steals, successfully steals this election, he won't have time. He won't give time. There's no trade going go, that's gonna go on between Ice Cube and his bullshit plan. Excuse my language. No, that's it's right. a bullshit plan because white,
6: white farmers. White, used, farmers 30, white farmers got white farmers got thirty five billion dollars from Donald Trump in the last four years. Thirty five billion dollars because he destroyed their economy with the tariffs and 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 he gave he put them on welfare for $35 billion in proud white men, right, all those independent agrib agri farmers in the Deep South, the black men didn't get that money, $35 billion. and not one cowboy, not one cowboy or country singer had to go into the White House, put on his gallon hat and his cowboy shoes and dance in front of Donald Trump and ask for $35 billion. The white devil just gave it. And yet you got all these black celebrities performing a tap dance, a zip coon tap dance for Donald Trump, and he ain't, ain't none of them walked out of the White White house little Wayne smiling with them and they ain't walked out of that White House with nothing Jim Brown ain't walk out the White House with nothing uh, 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 Steve Harvey didn't walk out of the White House with nothing Kanye West didn't walk out of the White House with nothing so this brother defending this and these Negroes was in the White House they was in the Oval Office and they was in it I mean two years ago and they. Ha- I mean Kanye was in the White House two years ago and they ain't got nothing to show for it and this brother want me to co-sign yeah. on that Nah, brother I'm from New York too
5: yeah yeah However, we're going to have to um, um, wind down here because um, Dr. Taylor will uh, hopefully be with us on Wednesday at our, the night after the election Great. review of what has happened here at Great. Our Common Ground. There won't be an Alpha show next Wednesday because of the Our Common Ground special. Uh, joining us will be Dr. Wilma Leon. Uh, and I'm hoping that uh, two, one or two other people will join us. Um, I, I might even call my friend Bob Stark and say, "Come on up and oh, that'd, be, show. Fun. that'd Stark, be fun. He's that'd he's be, be fun. That'd be fun." Yeah, Bob Stark is to be on this show when I was on terrestrial radio every week. I have
6: to have some good credibility with you to drop a name like Bob Stark's then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because those are the kind of people people we need to know about and not celebrity black folk. Those are the ones who, Mm -hmm. like you said, were the geniuses like Ron Walters. We need to know about them because those are the people who wrote books. They gave us maps. They gave us blueprints. If Ice Cube sat down with me and talked to me, I could sit down with that brother and say here's the strategy. Let's wherever black folk are thirty five or forty percent of population, let's create a black political party in every city and black people our our parties always end up serving everybody. The Rainbow Coalition yep. came from the Black Panther Party and the Rainbow Coalition is what Jesse used and the rainbow coalition is what Obama used. It came from the Black mm-hmm. Panther Party. So whatever we yeah. create is gonna benefit everybody, right? So you know yep. that's I believe in black parties. I believe in mm-hmm. it. I believe in the black independent party. You know, if Bob Johnson is serious, then Bob Johnson should give up them billions, get Ice Cube in a room, get me in a room, get Dr. Anderson in a room, and let's talk about actually doing it rather than asking white people what, yeah. you know, to cosign.
5: Yeah. You know, one of the things Ron Walters really believed in, in any document that he released on, on um, any political um, event, was a charge. Yes. I, I remember him saying to me, Janice, uh, on something that we were working on, I haven't received the charge. What are we asking black people to do and why? Right. And ICE-T's bullshit, excuse me, um, plan doesn't have a charge in it.
0: Right, right. It doesn't, right. It's,
5: it's like a mission statement.
2: Yes,
4: it doesn't have,
5: yep, it, it 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 doesn't have a charter of principles that should go into any plan. How are we going to behave in implementing this plan? What values are we going to hold? It Dr. shows Stella, no maturity. I am about so. Now. Yes. I am so glad we've been able to have this discussion tonight uh, sure. because I I think it is is very important um and um now that you have you have an our common ground badge and <laughs> if you join us um if you join us on on Wednesday night for our special Sure, I'll be glad to. you will also have had enough um, given us enough time your contribution to our common ground which means you get a page on our website which is at ourcommonground.com That's great.
6: I'll I'll be in the news all over the world because i got a a, a full day of interviews all over the planet. I mean, everywhere. So it'll be great to be a part of uh, of your show Wednesday.
5: Okay. And thank you so much for for being with us. And we are hoping that people will definitely go out to vote, that you will vote safely and be cautious about what is happening if you're going to vote in person. Because these people are out here. And, I'm, and the other thing that I want to advise our listeners about is by Tuesday make sure you have done plenty of your grocery shopping and all of your errands because we don't know what's going to jump off. Uh, get your food, get your groceries, your, your drugs or medical supplies or whatever you have to do. And we need to be prepared for the contentious nature of what this election may bring. Because the president is calling for it. You have to understand, the president is calling for it. The man that Ice-T wants to negotiate with, he's calling for it. And they are sending out, they have already assigned the military in in many of the cities for assignment on November 3rd and throughout and be prepared to be to be on standby. And we want you to be safe because they are not going to like it one way or the other and being ready for the, for the um, long haul. Um, also, don't forget to um, do, your, your, do your clocks because you've got to fall back. Be safe, everybody. Make sure you vote. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the Alpha Show is moving to Friday night. We'll cover all of that next Saturday night with you. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground.
7: Each of us has a moral responsibility if we are of voting age and if we are registered to participate in that decision. And so I come to California today and I'll leave here and go to Chicago and then to Detroit and then Baltimore, Maryland and New York to say the same thing. I come here to urge every person <coughs> under the sound of my voice to go to the polls on the 3rd of November and vote Your convictions. Now, I know you're intelligent, people, and I don't need to tell you who you should vote for. I don't have any fear about that. You know who to vote for. I'm just asking you to vote. Now, if you need a little information on my convictions at this point, I must honestly admit to you that I am not going to vote for Mr. Goldwater.
3: Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
0: I think it has to do with organized greed, organized hatred, and organized corruption. Not just in the White House, but it's the ways in which Wall Street domination, the ways in which the Pentagon, military and money, big military and money, have come together and are beginning to suck out the rich energies of one of the great democratic experiments in the modern world, the USA, and all of its flaws. Democratic elements and democratic practices seem to be so weak in people. Well, I think America has to acknowledge itself as an empire, make the connection between the the militarizing that's taking place domestically, police, mass incarceration, and the 800 military bases and the 211 interventions in 67 countries since 1945. That connection between militarism abroad, militarism internally, needs to be wrestled with, something that Martin Luther King Jr. understood very well before his death in
3: 1968. The 5th of November, forever in our memory, his hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice, and freedom are more than words. They are perspectives. So if you've seen nothing, If the crimes of this government remain unknown to you, then I would suggest that you allow the 5th of November to pass unmarked. But if you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, and if you would seek as I seek, then I ask you to stand beside me, and together we shall give them a 5th of November
5: that shall never, ever be forgotten.
3: Want change in your local community? Vote. Tired of government not working for you? Vote. Done with people saying nothing can be done? Vote.
5: Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. For all of you that have joined us in our chat room, we thank you as well. I'm Janice Grant. Join us each Saturday at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you. Speaking truth to power and ourselves.
2: liberation learning and power views only on TruthWorks Network Reloading the Truth <gasps>